0: You're listening to the Second Breaks Podcast. This is episode number 74. And coming up on the show, we are talking about finding the courage and creating the career that you want. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Second Breaks Podcast, which is a weekly show where we talk about all the ways that you can make a career move and create the life that you want in this crazy, fast-changing world of ours. My name is Lou Blazer. I am your host. I am also a Second Breaker. I have navigated four fairly significant career pivots in my long professional (laughs) career. And on this show, I share my experiences, I share my journey, and most importantly, my lessons learned, along with stories of other second breakers to motivate you, to inspire you, to help you see your possibilities. So I want to make sure that you don't miss any of these empowering career stories. And so if you haven't yet, I would definitely invite you to subscribe to the show. Every Thursday, there is a new episode that drops here. So I uh, hope to be part of your weekly routine. Today, I cannot be more excited to introduce you to Amani Roberts, who made a fairly courageous I want to say career change, right? So he walked away from a successful, stable, rising career in hospitality and entertainment industry. He was working for one of the largest hotels, hotel chains, uh, in the world. He left that to follow a dream. And to some extent, I could relate to his story because, you know, leaving that quote unquote solid, stable, career for, uh, for something else to do something different. I can totally relate to that. But I didn't follow a dream. I, my dream was to, <laughs> to climb the corporate ladder for real. So what I do now is a reflection of an evolution, my changing priorities, my changing intentions, ambitions, and stuff like that. But Amani followed the dream. He held on to this idea that was planted in his head the first time he saw uh, DJ Bismarcky in a club in DC. And he held on to that dream. He he uh, he kept it alive, even as he rose through the ranks in his corporate career, and he never lost sight of it until finally he made the decision that it was time to to make that proverbial leap. So in this story, this story, actually, this episode has two parts. The first part of this episode is all about, you know, Amani talking about that journey, which I find so inspirational and so motivating. And then the second part of this episode is so much fun. It was so much fun for me, for real. Amani has been able to combine his... Knowledge, his corporate knowledge with his DJ mad skills. And so there is this thing that he does now for organizations and corporations, which is a most unique team building experience that I've ever heard of. I was in corporate America for over 20 years. So I think I've been through all kinds of <laughs> team building exercises that you can, you've heard of or can think of, but I have never heard of his style of team building and he not only describes the experience to to us he actually makes me go through it virtually and so much fun so you want to listen to that and you might actually want to suggest it to your boss um it's gonna be a hit you're gonna be a hit so definitely don't miss that uh, second part of this episode for sure Now, speaking of being a hit, I want your 2019 to be a hit, my friend. And so before I transition to my conversation with Amani, I want to invite you to a workshop that I am hosting on December 12th, Wednesday, December 12th. Yes, I decided to do one more thing before the year ends. Now, this workshop is all about overcoming the fears and the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back from going after the career that you really want. We're going to talk about the myths of confidence, of self-confidence that you may be inadvertently or unknowingly following. And we're going to work through steps that you can take today so that you can stop relying on that willpower. And I know From experience, relying on willpower is so unreliable. And so we're going to talk about steps that you can take to strengthen that bravery muscle so you can take the steps to get you in position for 2019. So to register for this workshop, you can go to the show notes, which for this episode is secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 74 So I hope to see you there, okay? Wednesday, December 12th. So let us transition to my chat with Amani Roberts, and I'll catch you at the back end. Hello, Amani. Welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you.
0: (laughs) Same here, same here. So um, you have a very unique, at least for me, coming from, you know, MySpace, you have a very unique set of skills and a very unique set of experiences and career story that I can't wait to really get into. But I was wondering if you wouldn't mind just to kind of set it up before we get into the nitty gritty, if you could talk <laughs> a little bit about what you do today, and also maybe the gist of how you got to today, how you got to doing this.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for the compliment. I'm excited to share my story and kind of how I've had on what I've had happen on my journey. Right now, I have my own DJ and entertainment company. So, what that means is that I DJ events all over the world, whether it be Los Angeles, where I am, Miami, where I used to live, Washington, D.C., where I grew up, Chicago, Atlanta. Also, I've done some events in Cuiabá, Brazil. So, all over the world, we DJ events, we do social events, corporate events, whether it be weddings corporate meetings uh, we also will do this fun activity which we'll talk about later team building activity wheels of steel um, by the amount of experience we do that i teach people individually on dj lessons i do that i have a remix partner and we remix songs and create original music and i think that pretty much covers everything that i do right now that's a lot but yes so that's what i do right now and how did i get here um i tell the story many times it was back in like 1995 i was at this club in washington dc called quigley's and i heard this dj called Bismarck and so Bismarck was playing that night and he had an amazing set and one of the parts of his set that was most amazing is that he played a lot of tv theme show songs from when i was growing up because this was a long time ago so the popular shows for the kids that were in the club at that time We grew up watching like The Facts of Life, Different Strokes, What's Happening, The Jeffersons, Golden Girls, Sanford and Son, Cosby Show. So he played all those theme show songs and it was amazing. So it was that point, 1995, that I decided I want to be a DJ. But, you know, I went to school. I went to Howard University in Washington, D.C. I was majoring in hospitality. I was working for Marriott Hotels. And I thought that's what you do. Like you're supposed to go get your corporate job, your 2.5 kids, a dog and a white picket fence. And... I quickly learned that, you know, the American, yeah, I quickly learned that that might not be the pathway that I would take to get there. So I went and started working for Marriott and moved all around the country. I lived in um, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Miami, went back to D.C., then moved out to L.A. Um, but always in the back of my mind was DJing and being a DJ. I would, in every city that I lived in, I would go and watch the DJs and, and learn and just watch the different flavors of the city that would come across in their sets. And then when I got to LA, something about living out here in California, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit is very high. And, you know, they really encourage, you know, going for your dreams, you know, as long as you have uh, enough money saved up and not really a backup plan, but just a way to kind of help you get there. And so I just kind of caught the buck when I was here. And I first started to uh, podcast where I would take love song requests and dedications. And that evolved into interviewing different musical artists. And then I, I started DJing as well in like these bars and clubs, and that was a little over 10 years ago. And that has taken me 10 years later. There's more to the story we can talk about, obviously, but that kind of will give you a good background in terms of how I started and where I got to be today.
0: I would imagine that going from a, people might say, stable, reliable path, right? Uh, you have a, you had a degree from Howard University and then you were going down a corporate path. And so that's reliable and stable. And then all of a sudden telling people, no, I actually want to leave that. And I actually want to do this very creative thing. Uh, probably raised some eyebrows. I don't know, but how, how did you handle those things? If, 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 uh, if you were confronted with those kind of raised eyebrows and why are you doing this, Amani kind of questions?
1: Yes, yes, there were definitely many, many eyebrows that were raised, people some people still don't understand why I made the switch. People were like, oh, well, you need benefits and you need a steady salary. And I mean, that I understand that. That's true. But you also want to be happy with your work. And it wasn't like I was not doing well with Mar- at my hotel job. Like I was doing very well. I was general manager of a hotel at a very young age, 23 years old. I was director of marketing at four different hotels, regional director of sales and marketing. So I was doing very well, but I wasn't completely fulfilled. I wasn't happy. And so, you know, certain life events happen when it, when it causes you to really kind of sit back and be like, is this what I really want to do? Is this what I really want to do for the long term? If not, there's no guarantee for tomorrow. I know that's very cliche, but it's still true. It's very true. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Today is not guaranteed. So I said, you know what? I think it's time to make a switch. Let's try it out. You can always go back to corporate America. They aren't going anywhere. You can always go back. And so I said, you know, I had enough savings. I said, let's go. And of course, I, do things on the side, like I have a couple side hustles where, you know, you can still get some revenue coming in. But, you know, primarily I'm just focused on growing the DJ business. And now that I've been full time doing this for six and a half, almost seven years now, there's fewer eyebrows raised. But people now that ask me, they'll say, oh, when are you coming back? When are you (laughs) coming back? Because obviously they're saying, obviously you're not happy or it's not working. I'm like, I don't think I'm coming back. I'm going to continue to do some different things to allow me to, um, keep growing my company. I'll give you a good example. I am very active in an association called Meeting Planners International, the Southern California chapter. And so uh, last year, I was vice president of membership, and we would go out and speak to different colleges about working in hospitality, joining the organization to become members. So we're going there to share with the students um, about our careers, but also recruit the students to join our organization. So we did that. We had a good year. But because of the efforts that I did in terms of networking and speaking at the different schools across Cal State um, system down in Southern California, it was four different schools, eventually I was approached about teaching as a part-time professor at a local school. Hmm. And so actually that's gonna, that's gonna start end of August. And so that's just a good example about how I made the decision to pursue DJing. I'm still in hospitality, I'm in entertainment. I'm gonna be teaching entertainment and hospitality finance, so it's right in my like power alley. But that's something different that I can do on the side. I can still have my full-time DJ career, job, company, But then I can teach that gives you different benefits where you're 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 developing some more skills. You're opening your network up to more people. So that's something different that you never would expect. But that is what you can do to add to kind of your tool belt and to your not really side hustles. But this is another element of my business. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I loved how you connected it because on the surface, maybe they might be people might be listening and going corporate job and into the DJing, but actually, you're still in entertain. That both of them are in the hospitality industry and they're in entertainment. So I love the fact that how you connected the dots because I think yeah. that's another thing that people um, who are thinking of doing something different are finding it challenging. Because they're thinking about how drastic a change, but actually there is a through line that connects what they wanna do. So that is great. So if you wouldn't mind then um Amani, maybe going back a little bit and thinking back to uh sort of like the earlier years after you've made a decision and you're that you're gonna switch or you're gonna pursue this path. Uh do you remember the obstacles that you faced, the initial obstacles, or maybe even fears that you felt going into yeah. this if you had. And if you wouldn't mind sharing it with us and then also talking about how you addressed them.
1: So I definitely think that I had a fear of like running out of money because you have all the savings money and, you know, feel of maybe running out of money or just failing, like the business not really working out like you anticipated. That would be a failure. Obstacles is that This is probably the biggest obstacle that I didn't realize until I got into it, is that people who you expect to support you and be your biggest fans and your tribe – don't support you. They're like, I'm I'm so upset with you or I don't understand why you would do this. What are you thinking? Where these are people that you have been, uh, you supported them throughout their entire lives. So you'd expect the same return. It could be family. It could be close friends. It could be people who you're shocked. And so that was one thing that was a really big obstacle. So when you run into that, you know, you say, okay, I appreciate or I understand or I can respect your opinion, but I'm not going to follow that path. So then you kind of remove them from your daily circle. You can still be friends with them, but keep them at a the distance. Because what I found is that the solution to that is really surrounding yourself with people who are like minded. Mm. I know that's another cliche, cliche, but, but so especially true. when you're an entrepreneur, like you need people who are going to be there with you through your highest points, your highest points, but then also your lowest points, because you're going to have some lows, you're going to have some highs. So I think that that's one thing is surround yourself with good people, like I have a mastermind group that I attend every week. So we talk about things, we learn together, we do all sorts of things. And I think that that's really important because you need help. You can't do it alone. One of my favorite sayings is that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Oh, I love that. uh, that, (laughs) I share that all the time. I love that too. And so that's just something that kind of brings that home. And then in terms of fears, just a fear of failure, but I think you, know, you could recognize that fear. Like, it's okay to be scared that it might not work, and it's okay to think you, you know, might run out of money, but just face that and just work through that. Go through that fear because you'll never know unless you try, and you, you just don't know what's going to happen. I would have never imagined a year ago that I would also be able to have a chance to teach at um, a university. You know, I, before I was thinking, oh, maybe I can go teach for like junior high school kids, or high school kids. But now I'm going to go teach for college kids. Not only that, but seniors. That's major. You never know, would imagine that. I would have never imagined I would have been able to do a remix for an artist, get hired by a musical artist to do a remix for them and get paid. You know, two years ago I would have never imagined that. And then I would have never imagined that when I first started DJing back in 2008. That I'd have the chance to be in Brazil and DJ there for the World Cup. Like like you know, so yes. the moral the moral of that story is just think big, continue to think big because you just you just never realize what can happen. It could be in the short term, a year, two years, five years, but you have to kinda stick with it, in my opinion.
0: So then um Amani, throughout this journey of yours, uh, earlier years, and as you were evolving in your career as a DJ in this new space that you're filling, what helped you the most, do you think? What's a few, what's one or two or three things that's helped you the most?
1: I think some of the things that have helped me the most is just talking to people who have kind of already gone along the path that I want to go to. So, for example, you know, I've talked to other DJs who maybe are more successful, you know, in terms of their business, in terms of their careers. One thing that helped me was I went to Scratch Academy. So Scratch Academy is a DJ school for DJs. It's like getting your MBA in DJing. Mm. So I went to that program. I started that like in June of 2012. And it's about a year program and just the exposure at that program with the DJs that were our instructors. They were very talented DJs between like Revolution, DJ Revolution, Mr. Chalk, um, V Fresh, Mr. H- Like DJ Hoppa. There's some people who have been in the industry for 10, 15, 20 years. So being able to soak up their knowledge and just really um, that whole process really kind of helped me get to where I am now. So I think just, you know, just talking to people who have been that before and also... I also think reading helps me out a lot as well, To reading different books. So those two things help me out a lot.
0: Uh, one thing that I have been sort of focusing myself to lately is the 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 skill of asking for help, like when you don't know, because I think that's another thing, right? So when you're entering a new space, for example, you were talking about getting exposure to all these ju- see, uh, more senior, or is that what we call them, more senior DJs or higher, you know, f- further along in the DJing space. Um, is, did you know, how did you ask them or did you ask them or how did you approach that whole asking
1: yeah. thing? I think for the most part, I was very fortunate to be in school with them. So it was just like open communication. You know, you get them before class, during class, after class, so that helped. But then afterwards, you know, networking is very important like staying in touch with them you know and being genuine like don't just always be asking or take 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 you know if they're having gigs or they're doing things go out and supporting them them so that you're building genuine relationships with them so then the conversation just happens organically and so you talk they listen they share some of their ups and downs as well um and you know like one of my instructors at scratch is you know i work with him now he teaches me how to play piano so i'm always learning as well and this you know, asking for advice, listening, because sometimes you don't even need to ask, you know, you hear them talk about a certain event, a certain thing they're going through, and it just makes sense. And, you know, you just listen and just absorb everything. But definitely if if you Want to ask someone how they did this or do this? Don't be afraid. Just ask them. Say, "I have a question for you." Most time, people would love to share with you their experience because you know people. We love to talk about ourselves, and if you're very, (laughs) if you're very respectful, if you're very respectful, then you know just ask the questions. And the worst they can say is no, or most likely they'll say, "Oh, I'll tell you about that a little later." But just ask and don't don't uh, be offended if they say no or they don't. But just always always ask.
0: So one more question, one if you don't mind, before we leave this uh, topic. And then we'll go to the more creative stuff. Is, that, um, <laughs> is there one thing that you learned about yourself or you confirmed about you know, the, who you are or maybe surprised you about who you are as a result of this transition?
1: I like that question. I think my answer would be just to confirm how resilient I am, how creative I am in terms of just figuring out a way to make it work and that... Also how courageous I am because this what leaving a corporate job, you know, getting paid very nicely with benefits and 401k, you know, that takes a lot of courage to leave that and go out on a whim and try this, you know, when 98, 99 out of 100 people would never even do this. We get very comfortable, but to force myself out of my own comfort zone took a lot of courage. So I think I personally surprised myself with how courageous I was. Even looking back, I'm like, wow but i'm very very thankful i'm very thankful that i did it because i tell people all the time this is this is this is not easier but it's much better if that makes sense
0: thank you for sharing that amani so now let's get into the creative stuff <laughs> right and all so right. okay you are absolutely one of the most creative people that i've talked to so far just in general so and i'm always very thrilled to be talking to creative people so it, whatever creativity however they creative they are and so I, I guess my question is for a lot of people who are in corporate jobs, in offices, in your traditional nine to five, sometimes it's very hard to find creativity, or creativity is forced. Like you have to be creative, and, but the environment isn't necessarily conducive to being creative. And I know that one of the things that you do is to encourage uh, encourage that with, with folks as you work with them. Is there a way for us to be more creative in our daily and professional lives, even though we may not be in a very creative environment?
1: I think the answer to that question is yes. A couple examples I'll give you is that even... An act as simple as writing an email to a follow, fellow colleague maybe you work with. you can be creative with the language you're using in the email. You can be creative with the colors you use, maybe the pictures the the videos you use in the email. That's something really basic that you can use to be creative. If you have to do a pre- many times at work, unfortunately in corporate America, you do a lot of a lot of meetings, which mm. mean you have to do a lot of presentations, a lot of spreadsheets, all sorts of things well. Take that opportunity to maybe be creative with your presentation. You know, use, once again, like videos, pictures, colors, practice, and practice flexing your creativity muscle, even in your daily job. Then, you know, if you go home, try to maybe... Develop and grow some of your more creative habits. Like, for example, if you like to cook, maybe you can try to bake something as well. If you're a writer, maybe spend 15 minutes, get up 15 to 20 minutes earlier and start to write in the morning. So there's times, I know we might work 70, 60, 70 hours a week, but there are times when you can, maybe if you want to learn an instrument you know, maybe, you know, you go take a lesson with someone that'll spark your creativity. Like I also take salsa classes. So, you know, you go after work for 45 minutes and go to like a salsa dancing class. That's all creative, but this will get you in the mindset of adding that to your daily routine. So it becomes a habit. And then once it becomes a habit, it becomes more a part of you, which will then allow you to maybe do more of it at your work, or maybe you want to take it further and start your own business. So look for little opportunities to be creative in your jobs and then in your home life with your hobbies, your friends, your family, you know, draw, paint, write, you know, sing, learn an instrument. I think that will all help you Become creative in your personal and professional life if you're not already like me in a creative space.
0: Yeah. And I like that also because, you know, okay, so just to be candid, someone who's listening to this episode might go, well, why do I need creativity in my office or in my nine to five? The reality is that's probably, not probably, it is one way that you can differentiate yourself from your colleagues in this day and age when everything is very competitive. It's highly competitive. So that's one way of you being um differentiating yourself bringing something different to your to your job yes right
1: yes because because we're all different no two people are the exact same people like even if you're an identical twin you're still very different with your personality so the more you can bring your personality out in your professional personal life The more creative you can do that, the better off you'll be, in my opinion.
0: And for the people who are able to watch this video, because obviously this is a podcast you can't (laughs) see, but for the people who are able to watch to see this video, you can put very creative, colorful (laughs) things uh, on your back wall so that when you turn around... You see all these beautiful things and not just the drab gray walls. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So um, let's talk a little bit, Amani, if you don't mind. I know you do a unique team building exercise that I've never heard before. I mean, I've been, you know, I was in corporate America for a long time. And so I've been through many, many of those supposed team building exercises, but I've never heard you know, DJing as a form of um, of a team building exercise. So could you talk a little bit about how you do it and also maybe how could that foster bonds or team building?
1: Definitely, definitely. So to go back, what I have in my background here is I have a lot of record albums from some of my favorite musicians, whether it be Luther Vandross, Whitney Houston, Kashif, Mary J. Blige, and I put it up in like my music studio, which we're recording this from. And so that just, you know, it's kind of like a little vision board, but in reverse. So that's what that's behind there. I love it. That's why I like to show it off. In terms of the team building activity, so it's called Wheels of Steel by the Amani Experience. And so many times, as you've experienced, Lou, as I've experienced. We do team building activities. You might stand in a circle. You yes. might do the thing where people, you know, the ropes course. You might have to fall and people catch you. So it's pretty much very traditional. So my idea and what we do is we do a team building exercise. It could be as little as two or three people, as many as a hundred people. And we do it in the form of a DJ lesson. So there's many different parts. Say if it's like 50 people or in like a big space, there's a bunch of turntables set up around. But the first thing we do is, and I'll kind of take you through a little bit of the exercise, is that You walk in and then we have to do a little bit of branding first. So I'll say, okay, Lou, if you're going to think of a DJ name for you, what would your DJ name be? And I'll give you a couple rules. It has to be PG, because if you're going to be on a billboard, you can't have something that's very lascivious. So it's got to be PG. So you wanted to show a little bit of your personality. So I'll say, what's your DJ name? And I'll use me as an example. So my DJ name is DJ Amro. My first name is Amani, A-M. My last name is Robert. So the first letters of my first name the first letters of my last name that's my dj name i have a very close friend she's a dentist she's also a dj her name is dj flossy that's one of my favorites cuz that's really creative right there so that you know yeah, other people sometimes they just have their regular dj names like it could be you know dj michelle pace or whatever that's another friend of mine you know so it could be that you could have your first name and your Last initial, you know, Mr. Chalk, you know, because he's, you know, a brown skinned brother and he looks very chocolate, so he calls himself Mr. Chalk. So it could be a variety of things as long as it's PG. I so have that's my the first DJ. thing.
0: I came up with my DJ name as you were talking. Laser All right, Lou. Talk to me.
1: Laser Lou. All yeah. right, so perfect. <laughs> so then we go to part two. We go to part two, of the team beat exercise. Now we get on the turntables and you learn a couple little baby scratches because what that teaches you. The first exercise talks about branding. Branding is very important in the world, but it also kind of helps you understand your peers. So people like Laser Lou, where'd you, what, what made you come up with that? So they'll ask you, and they'll get to know you better that way. Then we help and encourage our peers to get through fear. Most people, 9 out of 10 people, when they see the turntables, I have them to the left of me right here. When they see the turntables, they're afraid to yes. touch it. They're worried about scratching and kind of you know, ruining the record. But don't worry. We're going to get through that fear really quickly. So each person will get up there, and they'll kind of be a little tentative at first, but then we'll scratch, scratch. They'll do it. They'll, they'll, they're like, wow, that was easier than I thought. So once again, part of um, growing a successful team is you have to be fearless. So that's the fearless part. So then the next part is I'm going to ask you, I'll say, okay, if you're going to be DJing, and so if you're in Florida, we'll say you're going to be DJing at a big club in Miami. they are going to fly you to Vegas to DJ at a club. So they're going to say laser lose coming out. What's going to be your debut song? Because then you're going to pick. So I want you to think as I'm saying that. Oh, my
0: goodness. So what's
1: going to be your debut song? Because this song is going to say a little bit about yourself, maybe the era you grew up in. So for me, I have a couple of debut songs. I love it so much. Like for me, like I love music by the OJs because I love music. Um, Another one is like I'm So Into You by SWV because I love 90s hip hop. And that song used to always make me happy. Um, And then, you know, Friends by Houdini. Um, paid in full by Eric B and Rakim. So that's kind of a couple of different examples of songs. I could go slow jams by Mariah Carey as well. So, but we don't we don't play slow jams at a club until later in the day. So, I'm gonna ask you now that you had a minute to think about it. If you're gonna pick one song that's gonna be like your debut song, you're gonna introduce yourself and come out. What song you think is gonna play? <laughs>
0: It's probably going to be something by Madonna, maybe Vogue. All right. Or
1: something Vogue. Like that. Perfect. Perfect. So we're going to play Vogue by Madonna. All right. So you have your debut song. So the next step of the exercise, but then what happens is that if there's 30 people, 25, 40 people, everyone shares their debut song and we say, okay, why Vogue? Why Madonna? So I'll ask you, Lou, Laser Lou, we refer to you as your DJ name after you, after you said it. Why are you picking Madonna Vogue as your debut song?
0: She's actually one of my role models. And Madonna is one of my role models talking about fearlessness, right? And uh, making the most of who you are and whatever talent you have. And Vogue is one of her songs that just to me is like women empowerment. You know?
1: There you go. So boom, so not only have you shared that with me, but you've also shared that with 25 or 30 of your peers who might not know that Madonna is your role model. They're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that." Someone oh. that you might not even talk to <laughs> in accounting is like, "I love Madonna too." So then you're kind of creating a bond. The next step is we get on the microphone. People are more scared of people are more scared of public speaking than they are of dying. And so that is So, so true. you got so you have to get on the microphone. And be like, what's up, everyone? This is Laser Lou. I just want you to know I'm here at a party, and we're gonna start the party off with Madonna Vogue. And then you'll do your scratch that we just learned: scratch, scratch, scratch. You drop the song in, boom, people cheer you on. And it's just it's just that experience with people get wow. on the microphone and do that. Just kind of, you know, does that. So then that's one part. So this is all. So we're we're all like building blocks on top of blocks through that. So then the next part is this fun part we call, we go, call, it's called Where Were You When. So by this time, we've kind of talked, we've shared, I can kind of tell, okay, someone grew up in the 80s, the 90s, maybe they're younger, a little older, so I'll put a song on for you. So maybe if I put a song on that's like, I'll put on Prince Purple Rain. So when you hear hear Prince Purple Rain, as you hear this song, I'll put on a little bit of it, and then what comes to mind? What kind of memories come to mind?
0: Oh, God, high school sweetheart or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe exactly. I'm saying that on the podcast, but yeah, yeah. something like exactly. that.
1: <laughs> so, but see, that's the whole point is that you're lowering your guard. So that's what brings you closer as a team. <laughs> you're lowering your guard. You're being honest and vulnerable. And you're like high school sweethearts. Of course, you know, the movie comes out, you know, and that could be a theme for many people's high school proms or whatever. And so we go around, like if someone were to play for me, say if someone were to play like this song, um... We'll say Mariah Carey Loves Takes Time. Well, that's just the album I used to listen to. I think I was in the ninth or tenth grade when it came out, and I would go to sleep listen to the album, so I would share that memory. Or, you know, if it's a little bit of current song, you might have a song like maybe that comes out, you know, let's think of a song like 2000, 2000, like Alanis Morissette, maybe Flinch or whatever. You say, like, Oh, I was living in Chicago when that song came out. It was, I love the lyrics. And you just, people just go around the table and you share, and you'll be surprised, not only at the stories people tell, but people like, Wow, I didn't realize that about you, and I worked with you for 10 years. And so that that that. So this builds on. And then kind of the final culmination, we do a couple other things, is that we play a little game that's similar to like the Shazam game, like Beat Shazam. We'll play a little bit of a song and get into little teams and then we'll guess what song, you know, what song that is. And we kind of have a winner. And the culmination, that's the the next last part. The last part is that we get into groups and then people use all the skills that they've learned in the DJ activity. And you, you have to create a little 60, 30, 60, or 90 second routine where you scratch, you're on the microphone, you play the music and you perform in front of your peers. And we have prizes and things like that. And that's pretty much the exercise. Awesome. Yeah. And so it's fun. We can go anywhere in the world and do the exercise. Um, I'm, I'm, we're just really trying to share the activity. I'll send you a video on it. But that's the team of the activity. So you've well, actually experienced Oh, my
0: it. God. This is well, a couple <laughs> of things, especially because I've been to like, you know, many, many of those traditional <laughs> team building one it feels very it sounds like and as you were talking about it I was I could imagine myself sounds very natural as opposed to those forced things that we are forced to do in team building activities right it sounds very natural and also it's amazing because one as you were talking about the music part, Is that a music has that ability to evoke a certain memory or a certain feeling that I don't, I don't know of anything else. It's like you say, you, you say a song and you're like, you mentioned a song and you're all of a sudden you're brought back to that particular time, right? And you could even taste the food that you're eating or whatever it is, right? (laughs) And by just by saying it, you are. Becoming vulnerable or sharing a part of yourself without even realizing that you are. Because like, uh, you know, if somebody just said share something personal, you'd be like, um, oh, what am I going to share? Yeah. I don't want to share yeah. that. Uh, That's too personal. But when, you, you right. know, when you're just talking about it in the context of a music,
1: yeah. it
0: doesn't feel that way.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Music is the universal language and you will be surprised at what kind of memories come up. And it's, it's usually great stories, you know, just fun stories about where where were you when certain songs were like another one is so Backstreet Boys um, quit playing games with my heart. Well, when that song was popular, I was in Chicago working for the Courtyard Merit, and I would have to drive the van, and that song was always playing in the van, and so you drive the van around, and it's cold, but that song <laughs> comes to mind, so you just you just share something similar like that, like, ooh, Amaya used to live in Chicago, oh, he used to drive a van, you know, there's just little yeah. things here and there, and he, you know, he probably knows the words to quit playing games with my heart, too, so... You know, just just fun stuff like that. Oh, I love that!
0: I would like to be in one of those team building events. All right, we're, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we'll make it happen <laughs> exactly. So, um, oh my goodness, Amani, I want to talk to you forever and ever, but I want to be respectful of your time too. So, just a couple of questions. Sure. sure. One is, uh, is a question that I've been asking all of my guests. Um, uh, is what is one book, fiction or nonfiction, that uh, that you've read and that has you know meant something to you that you might uh, that you might recommend?
1: Yes. Oh, and I love reading. Last year, I read over fifty books, fifty-one books. How the so, heck
0: did you do that? You're a fast reader. Yeah,
1: I, well, I read. I listen to some books. I read them when I'm eating my lunch break and then before bed. So that as well. I'm thinking of, so the first book that comes to mind is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So as a creative person, she just talks about continuing to be creative and how to get yourself out of ruts. I think that's an amazing book. I actually recommend um, listening to that one because you hear her narrate it. It's very um, Oh, she impactful. did
0: it. She did the audio. Yeah, she does the
1: narration. Ah. Yes, yes. So listen to that one. I listen to that one um, a lot. And then fiction. I love fiction too. I think that Okay, so I'll give you two fiction books because I love reading so much. One is Shantaram by Gregory David Roberts. It talks about a guy who was in a maximum security prison in Australia and escapes and goes to live in the slums of Mumbai, India, and he ends up becoming the slum doctor, and then the slum lords come and find him, and it goes from there. It's a fascinating story. He's been on Oprah talking about it. It's a 1,000 pages long. It's fiction? This is fiction? Yeah. Wow. fiction, but it's probably loosely based on his life, so that's one, and then... One of my favorite books I read this year is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's just a fascinating story. It's so well done. So um, those are three books for you. I know so you asked for yes. one, but I couldn't resist.
0: Yeah. Well, I have read Big Magic, but I think I'm going to get the audio then uh, because yes. I didn't know that she was the one who narrated the book. And so yes. I would love to hear her, you know, talk yes. Um,
1: and and then, then after you listen, after you listen to it, I didn't mean to cut you off. She has a podcast where she calls it Magic Lessons. So for two seasons after the book came out, she would call people who love the book and wrote her letter about how they're having trouble with their creativity. And so she'd give them advice. And then she'd also call in some of her friends who are authors like Neil Gaiman and other really famous people that would help them as well. And that's a great podcast. It's only two seasons. So listen to the book and then listen to her podcast afterwards. And it's, it's, it's great. It's awesome. I am
0: definitely going to do that thank you for that tip because i also like listening to podcasts and uh and i'm always always on the lookout for good fiction so yes thank you i will that <laughs> no will problem. get added to my list so finally almani where can people find you online because they're gonna want to know where to find a dj amro and where to do to, you know people who are interested about this fantastic uh, team building exercise
1: <laughs> Great. Yes, yes. So to find me on all my socials it's just at Amani Experience. So my name is A, M like Mary, A, N like Nancy, I, Experience, one word. That's Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, all those socials. My website is AmaniExperience.com. There's little um, tab there for team building. You can just send me a note there. I have a video up as well. So I'll send that to you. And then if you love podcasts, since you're listening to this one, I have a podcast called the Amani experience podcast. I interview people who used to work in the creative space, but uh, are not used to work in the corporate space, but now I've left to do something more creative. So I do that as well. That's where people can find me.
0: Oh wonderful. Amani, this has been so (laughs) fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for walking us through your team building team building exercise. Thank you so much. (laughs)
1: You're welcome. And now I can't call you Lou anymore. I have to call you Laser, Laser Lou. Lou. It's a pleasure. <laughs> yes, it's been a pleasure.
0: <laughs> and I got a DJ named Taboo. Look at that. There she yes, you go.
1: Yes, and we know your debut song, Madonna Vogue. We're on our way. Exactly, Let's go. Time exactly. to go to the club.
0: To I go gotta. To club. I gotta learn to scratch.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll teach you a real basic baby scratch, and you'll be on your way. Don't worry. Cool
0: <laughs> Thank you, money.
1: You're welcome.
0: Okay, my friend, I hope that you found this episode useful and also so much fun. So you can find out more about Amani, all the links to his social media accounts, uh, plus the links to the books that he recommended and the link to register for the workshop on December 12th to overcome your fears and pursue the career that you want. You can find all of that in the show notes, secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 7.4. If you loved this episode, or if you've been a frequent listener of the podcast, I would love to get your review and rating on iTunes. That would be so helpful. And uh, if you don't know how to do it, you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will take you to the step-by-step instructions on how to leave a rating or review on iTunes. And if you haven't yet, this is also a good time to hit that subscribe button, my friend, so you never have to miss any of our future episodes. I will be back next week with another guest to inspire you and motivate you to get your juices flowing so you can get brave enough to go after the career that you want. Until then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans.